bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us again. We're always excited to have you here listening. And we're in the middle of a series with my friend David, uh, who uh, experienced religious persecution uh, in his younger life. And uh, we're going to get more into this in our second episode now of the experiences he went through in hopes that you as a listener will come to learn Uh, what it is people who are being persecuted, what it is they really experience. I mean, we know historically that religions have caused and been the, uh, or not rather caused, but been the recipients of religion, usually from governments. And we'll get more in that in a moment. But David, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, We know from history that the Romans persecuted other religions, but theirs was for religious reasons. The Romans actually had the Roman gods and, uh, that anyone who did not worship the Roman gods was considered an atheist and it was illegal to be an atheist in the Roman empire. So the reason why Christians and other groups were put to death wasn't because of their being that particular religion, but because they were considered to be atheists because they wouldn't bow to the Roman gods uh, and so uh, the the Romans did that, but we have many examples uh, from history. Uh, of course, we know the Jews were severely persecuted uh, under Adolf Hitler and the Germans. And you, David, your own Baha'i faith, uh, seems like from day one has been persecuted. So uh, as we get into this, um, uh want to ask you to tell us a little bit about the persecution of the Baha'i people. Well, it seems like um, since the beginning of the Baha'i faith, uh, Baha'is have been persecuted. Um, At the beginning of the Baha'i faith, uh, we actually gave uh, over 20,000 martyrs for the faith. Wow. And in some countries, it is still uh, continuing to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yet the Baha'i faith is... A peaceful faith he preaches loudly peace uh like gandhi would not take up arms against the british and still manage to get them out of the country even without taking up arms the same idea with the baha'i people teaching that uh peace not violence is the way to peace <laughs> And peace is the the cog, I guess, that breaks the will of violence, uh, which is, seems ironic a little bit that it is peace that breaks violence. But really, you know, if you keep going back and forth with violence, you just have a vicious cycle of violence. Now, uh, so they've been persecuted. Um, and then... So you historically have been part of a faith that's been persecuted. You're experiencing it in your own life as a teenager. But let's go back before that. So the revolution happens when you're 11, correct? Correct. Before that time, let's talk about some of your dreams. Because, you know, 
as young people, we dream dreams. We have dreams for our life. We've got the whole life figured out. Oh, yeah. We don't have the reality figured out, but we've got the life figured out. But tell us, tell me, what were some of your dreams as a young man? Oh, wow. Well, I figured that um, now that we uh, financially we are pretty secure, I thought, you know, wow, you know, um, I already got money saved. My parents have so much money. So, well, I guess I'm going to get married as soon as I turn 18 and have a bunch of kids and possibly just be retired before even I turn 30. Okay, before you turn 30. In the United States, it's before 50, but for you, it was before 30. Forget that, wait until 50 stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and of course, you're in a wealthy country, wealthy nation, wealthy family. Uh, And so then you, uh, those were your dreams, be married, have children, retired by 30. And then uh, when did those dreams die? Uh, well, I felt it that it has uh, it has died, or I felt like it did when I turned sixteen. Mm-hmm. That momentous night when they came into your house. Of course, we talked about in the last episode what happened. They take off with your father. You suddenly have to become a man at home, working two full time jobs, and you suffer persecution. Uh, and you know, I want to help listeners a little bit, help listeners understand what were, you know, your dad is taken away. And as you mentioned before, for two months, you, you couldn't find them. Everybody's acting like they don't have no information that you talk to. Um, and you're going through all of this. What's going through your mind at this point in your life? What was going through my life is that instead of having big dreams, I was feeling like, how are we going to survive the next two weeks or so? Wow. Uh, it, and it wasn't just me. It was my whole family, my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, my mom, my grandma. Yeah. So it just didn't feel real. I, I still think about it, and it uh, seems like, it was that a bad dream? Was it reality? It just doesn't stick to my brain. Yeah. That was real. Yeah. I think it's hard for the human mind to absorb something, a trauma like that. And it was very young too. Yeah. Uh, This is something I I just kind of curious about, but uh, as you know, you begin to let go of these dreams, uh, you're facing turmoil. And in the last episode, I said that, you know, you didn't get a month's notice, but you did mention that you saw it coming. So did your family go through like rehearsals or something of what you would do in certain situations? Or how did you guys prepare for what you saw as the inevitable? Well, we knew that uh, sooner or later they would um, come to us and do that to us because it has been happening for past a few years before that. And we had the choice either to hide and escape and run or just stay and uh, uh, let them uh, do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And we decided to just stay and uh, mm-hmm. deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. So you uh, come to the United States to, to have a better life. You start your life over, new language. You know, for us, you know, as Americans, we take English for, for granted. 
I mean, we were born speaking English. You're you're in your you know young man. You're you're an adult. You're you come to the United States as an adult. It's actually much harder to learn a language, a new language, than as a as a child. Children can learn multiple languages, but adults have struggles learning new languages. And from what I understand, English is a rather difficult language to learn. You know, there's apparently rules to English, but we don't ever go by the rules. (laughs) The rules have a long list of exceptions. I was uh, joking with a friend the other day, when you take the word good and you want to go higher than that, you don't say good, good, or goodest. You say good, better, best. You actually change the entire word altogether but there are words where you do er and est but that's a, there's no real rules to our language and so it would be very difficult to learn that so you're did you feel frustrated at any point definitely definitely because uh, anything that we wanted to do it seemed like the doors, like they were, the doors were closed to us, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have too many options. Yeah, yeah, and we're not talking about n- neighbors that are causing you difficulty. We're talking about the government that you cannot oppose <laughs> because it is an armed government. Um, why not just get revenge on your oppressor? Oh, good question. Well, uh, in the Baha'i faith. Um, we don't believe in getting revenge or retaliation because if uh, we claim that our goal is to up- establish peace and bring uh, unity to humanity, you know, we can't act something that it is opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, we believe that, you know, we need to be a role model uh, based on how we act, we can promote peace. Yeah, wow. And yeah, that is... I was talking with a friend this morning that as humans, we live our lives in contradictions (laughs) because we will do one thing one moment and can do the complete opposite (laughs) the next moment. But you're what you're showing me is a unity within yourself, not just humanity, but within yourself where, okay, we believe in peace. We're going to act in peace. We're not going to contradict that. And thank you for being an example, by the way, of that. Uh, I was thinking of ways that religious persecution happens or injustice. And I can speak to that. I'll speak more of it in the next episode. But even here in America in the 17 and 1800s, you had uh, the Mormons being persecuted by the government. You had Catholics being persecuted by the government. You had in Ireland, uh, you had the Protestants and Catholics and their wars and you've seen it what are some of the ways that you see persecution happening in iran mm-hmm. yes in iran sorry mm-hmm. well i see that uh in a way that um i feel if there are uh differences or if there are uh, uh argument disagreement or war between two different beliefs, uh, it all comes back to individuals uh, who uh, 
can simply instead of fighting against each other uh, they can actually learn about each other and find out uh, if there are any things that they may have common in common that they mm. never knew before and that actually might create some positive energy and create friendship instead of a war yeah so true pope francis is constantly uh encouraging people to listen to each other talk to each other like you said learn about each other he has spoken to hindu teachers he has spoken to the dalai lama he's sat down with uh, uh buddhist in an effort to listen and learn and love and i i love how you said that uh i was thinking of a story one day where jesus was in the gospels where jesus uh was having to teach the disciples a lesson because they were wanting to exclude this one group of people <laughs> from them and jesus said i have flock a sheep in a flock that you know nothing about. In other words, you guys are not the only ones that I love and care about. So, yeah, I, I love that example. As we move towards the end of this particular episode, what is it you wish listeners would understand when it comes to religious injustices? I would say that it is wise not to judge a book from its cover. Okay. Uh, anything that we may feel like we want to fight against, it might be, uh, it probably would be wise to study more about it. See what they really talk about. Be wise to about, what? To a study yes. about them and find out that what they are really uh, are aiming at, what their goals are. Mm -hmm. what the foundation of their beliefs are. Uh, I'm sure that will change the prospect. Yes. yes mind. Wow, that's a, a deep challenge because uh, I, I know we are given to assuming that we know. That's right, everything about them. G.K. Chesterton, or it wasn't G.K. Chesterton, but uh, maybe it was him. Now I'm forgetting who said it, but I remember a quote from someone that says, no one has ever seen a motive. <laughs> We only see the outward actions, but, you know, and I know you've been judged by people. I'm sure I've been judged. And it's like, I look at them and say, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know why I'm doing this, you know, and we've got to stop judging, start learning, start listening, getting to know. One of the things I brought out in past episodes I want to remind listeners of is that as humans, we are one. If we all come from the same source and return to the same source, all come from God and return to God, That's right. there's no separation. And our problem is because we have bodies, then I see you as other than me. But the problem is if I murder you, I'm murdering myself because you're my brother. <laughs> and so we have to understand if I'm blessing you, I'm blessing myself, that there is no, whatever I do affects you. It does have an effect. And that's one of the, the things in American culture, one of the weeds that's grown up in American culture is this false belief that what I do does not affect you, so therefore I can do what I want. No, it deeply affects you. <laughs> yes. 
And so thank you, David, again, for joining us, for coming this and challenging us with some deep teachings, but challenging us with some deep example, because actions speak louder than words. The fact that you, as a 16-year-old, instead of going into the corner and boohooing about your situation, you said, nope, I got to get busy. I got to take care of things right here. You land in a, in a country where you don't know the language, don't have a job, but you said, what I got to do is get busy. I got to learn it. I got to do what I got to do. And so thank you for being an example to us. Again, if you as a listener want to contact David, uh, email us, sjcommonsense at gmail.com. You'll hear that again at the end of our episode. But we, again, want you to create a just society right where you are. Not going to give you a clue in this episode, but in the next one, we're going to get deep into what you can do to help uh, those who are suffering persecution and maybe those who have landed in your neighborhood for a better life, how you can help them. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.